two minutes more of tea, okay, Margarita? Just calm your shit. I like my tea. All right. So, hello, everybody. Welcome to Twin Shadows Podcast. This is episode three, Playing with Misfits. How's everybody Playing doing? with Misfits. That sounds familiar. That sounds like a familiar title there, Tom. It definitely is. It may be recycled from somewhere, uh, but, I mean, no one's ever going to know. Um, but, yeah. Margarita, how are you doing? Good. You just woke up, so uh, how are you feeling? Yeah. How are you feeling? I mean, I'm okay. I woke up, like, a couple hours ago now. Started, like, now. But I, yeah. I do want tea because it has caffeine, he supposedly. Wants, you need the, why are you talking so weird? I'm not. I like how these huge things are on the way, these hu- huge soap cans, because I'm just looking <laughs> over at Margarita like... <laughs> just doing like the eyes i can yeah. see tom though like face, face i'm good though i'm tired okay so how's your new job working out pretty good okay yeah i like new it. job cool yeah. yeah that's it steven i just buddy? sit in an office what's up buddy how you doing i'm doing all right just got off work yeah glad to be here i'm not tired why are you it's talking okay. weird how am i talking weird see because <laughs> you did it to her you know she's getting uh-huh. back at you don't do that. That's me, Margarita. Why are you moving your mic after all that work? Because I'm stupid. So, that's eh, all right. Thanks for putting me on blast. So, what do we have to drink, Tom? <laughs> uh, we got an assortment of beverages in front of us. We have some Ballast Point Blonde Ales, some Dogfish Head uh, Indian Brown Ale. We got oh, yeah. a shot of rum that we're going to be doing in just a moment. Dogfish Head. We got right. glasses of water, of course, and, and we have some tea steeping as well and in fact i think it's time to pour some of that tea yeah yeah so just drop that on top oh what the hell you never used one of those before i didn't know that's how you did it see dude there's plenty for you to have a cup and there you go tea is poured but first but first everybody take your shot glass and this is good old cracking cracking around cheers cheers you know me and my buddy charlie our buddy Charlie, Charlie who did the light on the movie, we have a thing that we never disturbed a Kraken. Yeah. Last time we almost died. Oh, really? Yeah. Well. Here's to the Kraken. To death. To death. Oh, that wasn't that bad. I wasn't paying attention. That tastes like cough syrup. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, so. Whoa, it got to me. I have goosebumps. <laughs> here's what ails you. Oof. So, good thing that everyone's doing good. Yeah. It's always good. Um, anyone have anything new going on they wanted to bring up for the podcast? Anything? Oh. Yeah? I want to do a song. You wanna... You're going to do a song right now. You're going to do a song no, for us? No, but like, you know, this is how we open. <laughs> It'd be kind yeah. of fun. I want to I hear you sing right now. Yeah, do I, it. You just heard me I sing. I think you need to do yeah. a song. Do our intro. Let's hear it, Marga. Here, yeah, Tom, a... Tom, lay a beat. All right. Lay a fat beat. Um, uh, okay. I don't know how to sing over beats. You it's don't? A acapella for me. Just, I'm just, just kidding. Just, just feel it, girl. Mm, just okay. feel it. Let's go. We're a TSP. We're about to drink tea. <laughs> what? All the... right. What happened to the beat? Oh, I was. And you I, just she, jumped the gun. I, 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 I just, just, wait, go he just, he just. I thought she was like going to do acapella. Like, I didn't know we were doing Oh, the I beat. thought he was already like. I felt the beat and then, you know. She felt the rhythm. I could do uh, uh, Mike Tyson's punch out. What's that? Okay, let, let's hear that. <laughs> <laughs> are you farting or are you singing right now? Wait, hold on. I don't know. I don't know. 
I think we're going to have to have our audience members. We're going to have to have Luis, our one listener, tell us what he thinks. Did, did Tom succeed or was this total fail? Okay. I wouldn't know. I could also do Castlevania. Do it. <laughs> well, now we just got to hear. <laughs> Stand, butt naked. His cheeks are clenching. The whistle is coming out. That's all I got. <laughs> that should be our intro. <laughs> okay. Actually, I think we might have to cut that into something. Oh wait, is it that copyright though? Right? No. I don't I know. know. I did it with all my own. All your own instrument. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you guys want to pull out your scripts, and we'll do our homework for the week. Homework for the week. Well, yeah. weren't we going to, uh, well, yeah, yes, uh, about, about the homework, uh, yeah. I didn't do it. That's fine. I kind of forgot. So what do you think of the idea where we do yours this week, Margarita's next week, and then mine the last week? And you we can really milk this whole script thing down, you know? Sure. Yeah. Let's do that. All right. Okay. Good. Okay. I like that. Cover it. Cover you. Cover me. So the way this is going to work is I'm going to re- be reading the action. Stephen will be reading the role of Johnny, and Margarita will be re- reading the role of Scarlet. All right, so we're already starting this, huh? I, w- I thought we were getting like, can you know, kind of get in the mood, you know, yeah. loosen up a little bit, loosen up, you guys, talk some more. Oh, yeah, we're talking about that. We're we jumping can... right into the right into this, huh? Uh, you could we got look. I can barely to... do this. You guys want to talk some more about other stuff then? I mean, it's up to Margarita. I kind of want to drink a tiny bit more before I start doing this, because then okay. maybe maybe I'll be like, purge. okay. But so, you then, goddamn fool, well, Johnny. Us... So, man, I am fucking feeling it. Yeah, Woo! good. But uh, I did want to talk about something. We yeah. uh, we discussed a topic last podcast. Yeah, and it was the biggest, one of the biggest food paws in Oscar history. Food paws. The big discussion. Oh, ah, this was. Are you just? Are you bringing up La La Land versus Moonlight? Yes. Okay. So, now, because apparently... Did you watch Moonlight? No. Well, apparently with the Oscar mishap, right, is they had a fake envelope, right? They have dummy award winners. Really? Maybe even all the award winners. That would make sense. Because then why would they have a dummy Moon or La La Land? Like, why why that one of all of them? Oh, I don't know. See? I thought that they just... had had a no like it says everyone. like the the it says the movies or something and then in the middle it's like it says moonlight but they read the top part or something no they they have fake ones to throw off anyone like trying to steal the results oh, oh kind of like they make an envelope with every possible winner or something yeah i mean i guess that's the only way right like how really like isn't know. that weird anyways but that does bring up a big dis- debate discussion yeah. point okay because it really was moonlight verse La La, La, La Land. Land. So I did watch La La Land, which was what I yeah. was told to do. And then Steven did watch Moonlight, I which did. I have seen before. Um La La Land was pretty good. I hated the singing for the most part. Same thing Margarita said in a future episode. Maybe. Yeah. I uh, wasn't really a big fan of the singing. The dancing was awesome. I liked all the dancing and the acting was really good. I just really couldn't get into their singing part. So do you think the singing brought you out of the movie? No. 
Uh, actually, because that's a huge critique that I've heard from a few people, and I don't know if that necessarily matters, at least story wise and everything. Like no, it maybe doesn't. maybe it matters because you you know music and, that, and you know good vocals, but I that, don't think it matters within the larger sense. Uh, and that also may be like part of the maybe the issue was that the the musical aspects of the film didn't matter, like they were there to be musical parts of the movie, like. The Ryan, story, Ryan the story, Gosling and Emma Stone. Yeah. So then, why do you think they were cast? Then, like, why, why pick them, and why because, not well, like a because theater they're A-listers? person? No, no, no. They were I cast because, so. well, I, I think so too. But maybe, what do you think? Maybe because they were A-list, A-listers. But uh, other than that, their chemistry together, I thought it was they did. Pretty yes, good. they they're like uh, the other ones like them is Jennifer Lawrence and that guy's name. Um, I like that guy a lot too, and I can't remember it right now. He's in Silver Lining, right? Yeah. Oh, um, Bradley Cooper. Bradley yeah. Cooper, right? Because okay. those two also have really good chemistry, and they've been in like three or four movies together. Yeah. yeah. Also, I just think they're they're really good actors for, on their for, own to play actors. Not only that, because right? sorry to interrupt, but what I did notice about their acting is also in the movie, both of them are extremely emotive. Yes. So immediately, just with their expression, both of them convey exactly how they feel yeah overall though it's gonna beep again i just put this on silent i'm so sorry dude i am fucking spinning right now <laughs> oh shit <laughs> okay so for the most part i did really enjoy la la land i liked the end a lot um the, i thought the story was pretty good yeah i can see the criticisms because it's not really musical like it doesn't really and they kind of touted, touted it like it's this like resurgence of like a 1940s Singing in the Rain musical. Yeah. I think it is very musical. How many musical numbers did Singing in the Rain have? I don't know. I've never seen it. A I've lot. never seen it either. Like almost every single like part. But like the thing with Singing in the Rain. But mus- like. Oh, sorry. Go the, finish. Their um, musical numbers are like extremely long to the point yeah. where like it takes you out of what Singing in the Rain is. Yeah. I think maybe that's why it makes it so like it's a classic. But I think a lot of the movies back then, it's just like their musical numbers were just so long, like yeah, five minutes. Like I know, um, so then which one are... is it? There's one part in the in Singing in the Rain where he's singing about how he's going, trying to like become famous, going door to door. Yeah, and it goes into like this big like thing where it just seems like it's a different movie that we're we're watching, and then it just cuts and then it goes back to normal life. So so then how is that against La La Land? Are you saying the songs for are La too La Land, short? I f- no, I feel like that's what they were trying to do. Well, yeah, absolutely. That like, oh, we want to go back to that time. That's why this movie is so like cool now. And like, you know, that's what I feel like they're trying to do. But it just didn't work out the way those movies did, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with the talent that they had. I mean, well, I think Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone are really good, but I don't think they picked the right people. I think they just picked them so the movie could be seen. Yeah, and definitely. I mean, I watch a lot of Emma Stone movies because Emma Stone's in it. I watch a lot of Ryan Gosling movies because he's in it. Yeah. So, I, I mean, that. I definitely see the pull for that. But I think that, well, one, I think the music was extremely good. Maybe you could say the vocals weren't good, but I think the lyrics were really good, and I think the, you know, the orchestration of all the instruments was really good. Yeah, see, that was my problem was none of the songs were very catchy to me. Really? Really? Yeah. Yeah, there's that song. And then there's the song that, that Emma was Stone it, sings um, for her audition. Yeah. 
It had that see, melody. And oh, she's no, about, like for the winner, my for problem, the dreamers. Uh, see, I uh, my problem was is like right after the movie, I couldn't remember. I couldn't anything. remember any of the songs, but I can remember all the visuals and the dancing. All that stuff was really good. But to me, none of the songs stuck out. Yeah, that and so the singing, yeah, it really it wasn't for me. Yeah, that part. But everything else was really great. And now let's, I mean, opposed to like, so now Moonlight. What do you think of Moonlight? Um. It was a really good movie. Was it a really good movie? No. I don't know. What Parts I, of it were really good. What I re- will say is that it was done very honestly, and it had a level of accuracy that felt true, and it had a very visceral feeling to it, too. Really? Um, that's what, that was like my problem with the movie. Was well, it? from what I understand is the movie's um, somewhat autobiographical of the director. Really? Yeah. And... um. And and you can definitely and it felt like it was being honest, like it was from someone who comes from that kind of uh life, uh so our the, world. The, the director's a drug dealer. Uh, well, I don't know about any of that, but I know <laughs> that he grew up in the ghetto. I know that his, the mom was basically based off of his own mom. Yeah. So you know there there were there were truths there, and it definitely came across. Um, and. And the subject matter, so thus the subject matters that it talked about, right? Because you have um, a movie basically about minorities, a movie about homosexuals, yeah, a movie about gay hood guys, you know, like yeah. like, like just a lot of stuff that really yeah, the stigmatism of homosexuality and like yeah, uh, and, and like the hood, yeah. The hood. So so it had like <laughs> uh, it had a a ton of just different heavy subjects. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I think. It was so honest, it was hard to ignore how true it was. I guess, but I felt there were just parts of the story that weren't good. Yeah. And I felt like some things were just rushed. Where, like, honestly, if they had just made... To me, because to me, the strongest aspect of the film was the first act with him as a kid and, like, him kind of growing out of his shell. Yeah. And, like, finally actually having... Like, he has, like, a father figure... The, the the gangster guy's uh, girlfriend, she's, like, taking care of him. She's, like, kind of, like, replacing the mom. Yeah. And then, like, that just, like, gets cut away, and then it cuts into the future, and his life's completely different. And then I guess you could make an argument that's, like, that's what you're saying, where it's, like, very realistic, more true to life. Yeah. But to me, I was just, like, I, I'm not interested in the kid anymore. I want, I'm interested in, like, back there, like, I was interested in the guy, like, the and the girl, like, I wanted that story to keep going. That this was the one that was interesting. Um, the me. father figure? Yeah. Yeah, I, I do got to admit that did seem like a much stronger storyline. Yeah. And, and I think it seemed like that because we knew what his storyline would be, right? You know the arc of that storyline. Whereas a kid, we uh, obviously at that point in the movie, we didn't know where it was going. And then also the movie was very understated, right? Without anyone, like... Because as soon as it did that cut where it cuts to him being older, yeah, it turns in like this, this homosexual hood fairy tale, where <laughs> it's like, oh, that guy that's your best friend, he's bisexual, and yeah. they fall in love kind of, and then he's never with another person, and then they meet up later, and he's like, I was never with any other man, I've been yeah. waiting for you, and then they end up falling in love together again or something at the end and then it's kind of like this weird well happy ending i i, I disagree for a character that deserves a tragic ending to like i i why i don't think the tra- the character deserves a tragic ending and i'll tell you why 
because you were real... saying like how it's this uh this pathway leading to you know evil right essentially yeah and so he shouldn't have this happy ending where he's like rewarded for it there should be consequence to this lifestyle that led him down this pathway right yeah like that should but see i don't think that's and i think that's why it's so honest i don't think that was it i think that that's how it is when you grow up in the hood and you know good people do bad things bad people are bad people but you know to to show that this is how you need to that that's how it is out there yeah it's not really good it's not bad necessarily that's just how it is and you know you could you you could live like that nine to five job out well out there probably work like 10 to 12 hours a day every day and then until you retire can't support yourself and that's one life or you could be you know you could be slinging drugs maybe pimping it out and if you do that then you can kind of get out of the hood you know you can actually instead of just trying to have enough money to survive you'll have enough money to live. I guess I wasn't getting any of that from the movie when I watched it. I think that's what uh, Juan's character represented. Oh, you think so? Yeah, definitely. Just just, just, just that notion right there, yeah. Because I felt like they were always just going to be trapped there in the hood anyway. Well, a lot of people are get stuck there. Maybe that is part of the story. Well, line. yeah, that's part of Juan's story, though, is yeah. that you know he, that was it for him. But he could at least have an extremely beautiful lifestyle for it, you know? My feeling was at the end of the movie, he had gotten to the top of the game, just like the... Just like what? The character from the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And then it was... And then we we know that that doesn't end well because he died randomly off screen. Yeah. Well, see, that's probably maybe foreshadowing uh, Chiron. That was his name? Chiron? Chiron's future. I guess... I don't know. You know, and and I don't think he necessarily had it good because, yeah, he gets to the top as a way to live hard. You know, he became hard when he says he moved to Georgia. Yeah. So that was just a means of survival. And that was, you know, he was a observant, smart kid. So that was a means of surviving, not being a slave to to work and then, you know, not being some cheap gang member. I think it's kind of this movie in a way kind of has that the ladybird effect to me. Where that movie isn't like made for me, does that oh, make sense? I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You like don't Lady relate Bird, to it. Lady Bird is like a movie for like every like young adult female. Who's yeah, definitely had, speaks like, to females. And then with like, because like almost every girl that I've watched that's seen that movie is like, oh, I've had an experience like that with my mom. Yeah. Right, and it's like I'm not from the ghetto, or I'm from the I'm not from the hood or whatever. I mean, You're I'm kind not, of from the ghetto a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not homosexual. Like all these things. Like, well, all these buddy, things maybe a little bit gay, <laughs> but you know, I only suck dick a couple times. <laughs> but yeah, it's but it's like, like I can I can respect the movie for like that's why maybe I only really like the first act because yeah. to me that's what was the truest part and that's what resonated the most with me because it was like, wow, he actually found something in this guy that everyone was like, this is one tough badass motherfucker blah 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 like you know fuck with that guy and then he like takes him out to the ocean and it's like like beautiful and serene the music is like really Aww, awesome. music, i need to see that movie i didn't the see music it. <laughs> is really nice and he's just like you just kind of float with the water like float with the waves and like maybe that like pushes forward the theme of the movie like his dialogue yeah. there okay well i have a question since you said you that pregnant? you no i'm just i feel my rolls <laughs> the baby roll yeah like, but um, no more 
happy. Okay, you said you didn't like Moonlight because you didn't relate to it. No, I didn't like Moonlight because uh, the the second and third parts kind of felt cheap to me compared to the first part. Like, I felt like there was like, it was, everything was kind of happening weirdly. Everything just happened kind of weird in the second and third half, in my opinion. Because like the second half, it's just like, okay, he like, punches he like hits this kid with a chair like what does he hit him with he punches him with a chair yeah with a chair yeah he hits him with a chair and then like he goes to juvie and then that's where the story ends after making out with the guy at the ocean nice with his friend and then it cuts forward to the future and like he's this badass gangster in georgia his mom's like in rehab and she's all happy and then he meets up with the guy on completely serendipitously and was like Hey, I never had sex with any other dudes. Well, I had a, like a wife and a kid, I think. And then it's like, I let's think. make out, bro. And that's kind of—I know that's like a very huge disservice to the movie, but that's what I left with from the yeah. film. Well, I will. So maybe all the the gay hood rats are will love that movie. They're just secretly watching it. <laughs> but isn't that like a sucky thing, though? Like a lot of people. Maybe I mean, it's, this, this maybe might it's be like off a, topic. Sorry, Margarita. No, maybe okay, it's like very indicative that I think it deserves a bad tragic ending. Maybe that's a bad part. Maybe that's well, I don't, I don't think it's, it's bad because like in the hood, at least like in those in that culture or something like being gay is something. Yeah, which was very really, interesting. you know, bad. And like if you have a happy ending, like good for you. But it's rare because like their masculinity is like such a big thing. Yeah. Exactly, Margaret hit it exactly on the head. What I wanted to say is that did it really end well? I mean, they yeah. have this no. Well, the two older guys they have this moment at the end where they're embracing their love. They're doing it, well, not doing it, but you know, yeah, the, the love. You know, they're 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 all about it. Yeah, but then it ends. Yeah, it doesn't mean that it ends well. I mean, this is one. But this is one. This is one hood ass dude who who. He can't be gay. And this guy, he has uh you know, ex wife and a daughter or a son. Yeah. He can't be gay. And they have to meet these, you know, masculine stereotypes, these masculine stereotypes that doesn't allow for that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So in reality, they have this moment and it ends on a good note because the reality is it's not gonna be happy for them they're not gonna run yeah, away but I, I want to see the bad part so you you think this movie ended like it right like when the, it was to me at its the prime. film had a very fairy tale-esque quality well he was a good kid who did deserve a happy yeah thing but he to took, to him. he took like every wrong option and he's probably gonna die do you think that happens too often that people just end at happy endings where they don't like they don't actually end at a, like a reality stop you know, well, with this movie in particular, no, because I think it's very clear if you really try to delve into it, what's going to happen if you try to imagine what the future is. But maybe like, but that I don't know, the Little the, Mermaid, where like, but the movie he forced her to be human. Yeah, but and it's like, how happy is she going to be? Well, He's actually, abusive. there's um, because you said Little Mermaid, right? Yeah, well, you know, because people talk shit about all those happy ever Like, it's like a thing, I think, where people just end, where like, okay, people will be happy if it ends like this. That's it. But it's nice to have a happy ending. Yeah, but But it's also like, you want want reality. (laughs) You can hate them, but they are nice. People like them. If you're seeing a movie that real, though, 
you I think you want to see what the reality of that ending of the story is. I mean, most likely those people, if they came out and if they got out of the ghetto, they'd be happy ending. But if they're still in the ghetto, in the hood, in like the, their game or whatever, then most likely they're going to have to keep a secret. I can, un- I can understand and respect oh. the reason the movie was such a buzz is because it's an optimistic view on a story that doesn't necessarily or ever really have an optimistic No, I, I think viewpoint. it's a buzz because it's a heavy subject and instead of belittling it or coming off as superficial, it was completely understood and described in, in a very honest way. And I think that's what people really adhere to is just the subject matter of, of the story itself. Uh, I don't know. I didn't see it. But from what I'm hearing, it ended happy when it should have, well, from what Tom wants, should have ended in a different note. Yeah, but I don't think it should have ended in a bad note. So, you guys ready to do the homework now? No. (laughs) What? What's next? Dude, Margaret, I have so, I have We need to do it. Okay, okay, okay. We'll do it right now. Did you guys hear uh, my explanations for this shit? (laughs) Yeah, I was like, you were like rambling. It made sense. sense I would just be quiet because I was like, I'll let Steven say whatever the hell he needs to say. Where? Where's the beginning? It says interior. (laughs) Is it Scarlet? Oh, interior Johnny's office. Wait, 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 wait. Before we, Mr. Director. Yeah. Mr. Scriptwriter. You gotta tell me who are my characters. You're Johnny. Yeah, but who is? (laughs) Are you sure? I thought it might have been Scarlet. Johnny is a. uh, He's a a, a rugged, older private detective who's had a rough life and uh johnny's rugged and older he finally found some love in the young scarlet but she had another man so Mm. johnny takes care of that who's scarlet then scarlet's like a young upcoming hopeful person that wants to be like an actress in hollywood and (laughs) could never find the means so she kind of settled up with this guy named vince Vince. Who treated her in all the wrong ways, beater, violent, asshole kind of guy. Okay. And this is she came to she came to Johnny for help and it started an illicit love affair type thing. And this is where we come into the story at the end of the story. Okay. So do you want us to ask questions before or after? Like, how'd you come up with the story? Yeah, or you can ask after? me after. Okay, sounds good. Well yeah, wouldn't you ask him after when you have Okay. A- I'm just saying. So that the audience will know what the story is about. Okay, so, are you guys ready? See. Interior, Johnny's office, night. The rain can be heard dancing off Hold the up. roof. I'm hearing rain with these fucking dogs, man. They're just adding the sound effects. Yeah. Okay, they're the full Oh, you want sound right. effects? No. Oh. <laughs> the rain can be heard dancing off the roof as Johnny, 38, steps into his office. It's dark except for the couple flashes of lightning. Johnny is wearing a trench coat and a fedora, which is soaked He closes the door to his office and turns, facing his coat rack, which he places his trench coat. All right, all right. Let me take a moment. (coughs) Johnny sounds sexy. What? I said Johnny. He sounds sexy? Yeah, he says, like, he's wearing a trench coat. I mean, I don't like fedoras, but I'll give it a pass. But he's, like... He's very classic Yeah. He he's Dick Tracy. How how should I sound, buddy? I don't. Uh, is your you're acting? Let me know. Hey, I'm Johnny. No, like, <laughs> a little less like uh, eighty year old smoker. Oh, fuck. I... Light, lighten it lighten it up a little bit. That felt perfect to me, man. Okay. I felt the character right there. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Big Humphrey Bogart. Who's Humphrey? 
Hey, kid. <laughs> yeah, literally, he says kid in here. Really? Yeah. yeah. You didn't read it? I'm Johnny. No, I didn't read it. I'm just going to do my regular <laughs> voice. Yeah, I sound like a... I sound nerdy. Okay. How long you been waiting? <laughs> the lights turn on, and behind Johnny, sitting in a chair in the corner, sits a young woman, Scarlet. Her makeup is running, and she has a couple days old black eye. Oh. I came as soon as I heard the news. What have you done, Johnny? <laughs> Scarlet's crying intensifies. Hey, kid. Could you act a little better? You fucking suck. Hey, Anyways. that's not in the lines. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll try. I'll try. Anyways, kid, come on. Try to talk here. I'll do what needed to be done. Nothing more. A man that beats on his wife doesn't deserve to keep breathing. Johnny takes open his suit jacket and pulls, over, pulls out his revolver and places it on the desk. A sign saying private detective flashes in the lightning. I love you, Scarlet. I know it's wrong and I shouldn't have gotten mixed up in all this, but that piece of shit took it too far. Johnny pours himself a glass of cheap scotch he keeps hidden in his third drawer. He pulls another glass for Scarlet. He walks over and hands it to her. She drinks it slowly. You know I love you, Johnny. But Vince, part of me loved him too. You can love a piece of shit that beats on you and doesn't let you live your dream. You couldn't find a way out, so I made one. Johnny, what do you expect me to do? Leave the city with you? Be on the run? What kind of dream is that? What kind of life? Scarlet places her drink on the table, and she stands up. She reaches to slap Johnny, but he catches her hand and pulls her close and starts to kiss her. Come here, baby! After a moment... (laughs) After a a moment, she pulls away and feels some warm and... Something warm and sticky on her hand. Johnny's blood. Oh, no. Oh, okay, good. Afraid not, kid. The story ends with you. I'm leaving everything I got to you. Saddle, take the cash and move to L.A. And become that actress you always dreamed to be. I know you can do it. You got a lot of heart, and I wish I could have just once seen you on that stage holding some flowers. I would have gotten for you. Sorry, I didn't mean to pause there. That's fine. But that's not the end I was down Johnny opens his coat more. He has stab wounds around his side and back, his white button-up soaking with blood. Scarlet falls into her chair crying. You goddamn fool, Johnny. You goddamn fool. This isn't life. I wanted for us. This isn't how I wanted to go. Don't die on me. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most emotional margaritas ever felt in her whole life. <laughs> that is the most emotion she's ever expressed. <laughs> God damn it, woman. I had a burp. Shut your mouth. You don't get to choose. This is a man's world and I do <laughs> As a man, you bitch! <laughs> now leave before the cops get here. I don't want you to get involved in this. No, Johnny. I want to stay with you. <laughs> Johnny walks carefully over to the door and opens it, and weakly holds his hand up, ushering Scarlet out. She stops in the doorway and gives him one long last kiss. The kiss is followed by a great streak of lightning, and Scarlet leaves. Johnny walks over to his desk, sits, and finishes glass. He leans back and closes his eyes with a bitter smile. Fade out. Clap, 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 clap. Clap, 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 clap. All right, so that was the... the you know what this <laughs> kind of reminded me of? Because I used to listen oh. to a podcast during peak, and what peak yeah. is 
so everyone knows is like it's during like Christmas or Halloween and where everyone just like buys stuff online. So we had to stay there for like 12 hours at a warehouse. But anyways, I used to listen to a podcast where they would just um, read the no sleep on Reddit. Yeah. And you just hear them reenact the people's um, okay scripts. And like, that's kind of what it reminded me of. And I was like, hey, I'm kind of into this. This is really fun. But except there wasn't like ad lib where people are all like laughing and like stuff like that. But I think that adds something. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I do got to ask you, uh, Mr. Director. Uh huh. Now, with mine and Margarita's performance, would you cast us in your movie? Of course. Yeah, <laughs> we did it, Steven. <laughs> of course. You guys would have some very exciting extra roles. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh no no no! Of course, you would be my Johnny and Scarlet. How how was my Johnny? Did did he? I like. Did I Johnny. capture who he was? Yeah, yeah. I captured. I, I feel captured like... his spirit and everything. Yeah, I, I liked it. Thank you. Yeah, but I felt like I was too me. To you? Yeah, I don't know how to. I am Margarita. I feel <laughs> emotion. Ah! <laughs> I am from Planet Robot. <laughs> Man, I'm funny. Yeah, definitely. We can cut that. The whole I'm funny point. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that was that was what I wrote. You said you had, you had a question or something? Oh yeah, how'd you come up with the story? Because it was actually like, it was so like LA Noir kind of stuff. I, I just wrote it this morning. For real? <laughs> yeah. Oh, mine took like a whole day. <laughs> I was like, shit, I need to write something. So I, I, want, I know I wanted to do... Like a love story for you two. Aw. And uh, so... Uh, Let's get and then, on. And then I just love those old, like, noir films. Oh, I know. When you showed us Casablanca, like, that's the first time I've ever seen all of it. I fell yeah. in love with it. I was like, this is such a good movie. Yeah. That's like, it's probably, it's in, like, my top three favorite movies of all time, for sure. Oh, wow. Where does it I rank? It's probably number two. Mm-hmm. What's number one? Karate Kid! Oh, oh yeah. We my, all get know Get the fuck out. No, it's probably The Fountain. Number one. Yeah. The Fountain. What is that? Holy shit, man. The Fountain's a movie. It's like three different parallel stories that are being told at the same time about a man that falls in love uh, or his wife is dying and then she's writing a book mm-hmm. and then part of the story is him reading the end of her book and then another part of the story is him dealing with her dying and oh. the third part is him is like a version of him in the like super far future and where he never really dealt with her death. Aww. And he's like literally traveling. He like essentially discovered immortality right after she died. And he's immortal. And he's traveling on this floating tree. Oh shit. Do I want to know all this? You're giving away the whole movie, that's bro. The, that's the premise. No. It's you fine. literally just told the whole movie. That's the premise. Okay, when it comes to movies, what kind of movies do you guys lean towards most? Like for Not me, shit. I think like I'm 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 hearing I'm hearing Tom's top three movies, and it sounds like he leans more towards like romance. Besides Karate Kid, it's Karate Kid is a romance. romance. It is. Yeah. yeah oh. Yeah, you fuck this. Fucking a Daniel song. <laughs> yeah. So my top three. So it would probably the Fountain, uh, Casablanca, and then probably Pulp Fiction. Hmm. Pulp Fiction number three for you? Yeah. What about you, Steven? What are your really? top three? It's either Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs. Um, I don't really have a top three. It fluctuates. I've said Babe. I've said Shawshank. You are serious I've about said, Babe? 
Yeah, Children of Men. <laughs> Maybe Blade Runner. Oh, Children of Men. Ooh. And I think there was one other one, but I can't think of it right now. Hmm. But yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love a good romance. Okay. No, it's cool. Like, that's like the biggest thing, right? Through movies is like Boy Meets Girl or Nell. I love failed romance movies. <laughs> Why is that, Tom? I don't know. Failed. Like they just like, like in the fountain, he loses his wife and Jesus Casablanca. Christ, could you tell me anymore? That's the whole plot of the and movie. And now you're gonna spoil Casablanca? Yeah. <laughs> if you have oh my God. spoilers for a movie that is literally eighty years old almost. I think it came out in like nineteen forty two. It is you almost literally monster. eighty. He doesn't end up with the girl he sacrifices for the no. greater good. Wait, how is um Karate Kid a love story? Is it just like a love for karate? I told you, Master Miyagi fucks Danielson. Oh, well, well, he has a girlfriend that he falls in love with. He does no. that. They then they and then they break up, and then he realizes he was in the wrong, and they get back together. This is it's a movie about man boy love. <laughs> man boy love. Oh, so this is uh, what is it? Call me by your name. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, it was the first call me by your. So how do you guys how did you guys like that the whole the script? script reading thing? I was liked it. I thought cool. it was fun. That was cool. Yeah, sorry that uh, we suck. <laughs> yeah, sorry I I didn't convey your. No, your guess Johnny. Is, you guys are completely fine. Every time I spoke, you just looked at me and your eyebrow twitched. His eyebrow. Yeah, that's my Parkinson's. Oh. <laughs> Early onset. Okay. Um. So yeah. Uh. Did you want to get into the main discussion? You guys ready for that? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, so our main discussion uh, for this week is going to be talking about putting a crew together uh, and the difficulties of doing that with little to no budget and the reliance on friends and things like that. So the first question I'm going to ask, and then we'll just go around uh, discussing each topic. There's like six bullet points, so or eight. I'll get into them quickly. So what are the main challenges as a low to no budget filmmaker for putting together a crew? Margarita keeping them together i mean like yeah. you really don't have anything to keep them like you're not paying them i mean you could be if you're like low budget but like how much money is that to com- like compared to like all the time that they're giving you okay and, and like i think for us we were like so like reliance yeah it's that's like, like a big problem yeah i oh, think yeah. i think we were super lucky to have people to work with us that dedicated so much time to us i think you guys are pretty lucky because i've worked on some stuff where people are all like i don't want to do this anymore bye and then if we lose that person we lose a hand or something and then i mean we definitely lost people yeah but like the thing is that we have people who were able to cover those people okay like we we had enough dedication what the hell (laughs) (laughs) he just looked at me he was like His eyes were wide. <laughs> Steven is uh, Johnny Depp's character <laughs> oh, from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas right now. Oh, yes, it was. But yes. yeah, I just, I think it's kind of one of one of those things where we're just like, I don't think we've experienced yet what it feels to have someone just leave, leave us, you know? Like, we had people who were actually dedicated and, like, trusted at least you guys enough to know that this is going to get done. Okay. Yeah. Steven, do you have anything to add to that? Um, well, yeah, I think Margarita touched on it, and I would just say a little bit before that, and chime off me if you want, um, but just finding people that you can actually trust. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. yeah. You know, people that you are being realistic about, you're being honest with yourself of who they are, Yeah. not oh, yeah. because of their status to you. Yeah. And 
getting those people uh, figured out. And then, you know, that'll probably just give you like a couple spots. Yeah. And then all the other important stuff, then you got to find people. Yeah. And then, you you know, you got to kind of delegate what's the most important job to the least and kind of find people like that. Like, okay, well, if this person cancels, well, that job's not too important. Okay. You know, you just kind of really got to, you know, just struggle. With what about that. like, uh, I think to me, because when I was thinking about this, one of the main challenges I think is that uh, you you kind of have to pick and choose where people's strengths are. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. let's say like we have Margarita, right? We know that she was going to, she had been good in like set directing, things like that. But then we were like, hey, we need you to do AD. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Failed. So like, that's a, that's a challenge where I think it's like, you're asking, you have to ask people to step out of their comfort zone and their knowledge, right? Yeah. Which we'll get into more of like inexperience and how that kind of rolls into things. So mm-hmm. um, describe what you expect in a production meeting, Stephen. Like what, what, is, what kind of goes on there? Like, what do you think? Because th- those are something that are, I think uh, are easy to not have enough of or uh, something like that. Like you definitely need to meet with your people often, right? Yeah. For production meetings? Yeah. Well, yeah, of course, because you got to convey what's going on and everyone needs to be abreast of everyone else's kind of going ons. That yeah. way, you know, everything's moving in as a cohesive path as possible because then, you know, when one person's maybe even relaying information to another person and, you know, things could get jumbled up and confused. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, so you definitely need to have that. Although it could be, it could seem like a big waste of time. Mm-hmm. but it's definitely useful yeah i think it feels like a big waste of time if you because i mean i've been in 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 meetings where i'm just like there's no point in being here i know what i'm doing but i mean there's a lot of people that take into consideration i'm just like oh wow like i'm so happy like that they're actually explaining to us what we're doing because like i was completely confused but the, i feel like if you know what you're doing you feel like you don't need the meeting you're just like well, i heard you the first time i don't need to hear it again like, cause I, I, I think like for production meetings, it really depends on who you're meeting with. If they know what they're doing, they're going to feel like they don't necessarily need to be there, but they're going to take notes anyways, kind of thing. Well, to me, what's something that's important is uh, in pre-production, at least you have like a, you need, you have as much time as you need to use as much time as you can to get everything as sorted out as possible. Mm-hmm. Cause once you start shooting, that's you you're not gonna really get that time again to do those meetings and things like that do you think it's important to have those meetings between production yeah yeah i think it's really important to have like at least even like even if it's just like even if it's once like once a week or every other week just to kind of see where everyone is because i mean this is something where it's kind of like like where are you at do you have any questions concerns something like that so mm-hmm. what I think you should expect is uh, in a, when you go to a production meeting, like if you're not the director's producer or whatever, let's say your, your costumes, you should, ha- you should be like, okay, I priced out these costumes. Here's the price. Yeah. What do you think of these colors? What do you think of this, this, or this? So that the director can say, this is good, this is good. And the producer's like, this is over budget. We can't do that. We have to do this. We can't do this. Definitely. Something like that needs to happen just so that when you do get to production, when you do get to principal photography, you're good to go. Margarita, what do you think? It, what does it mean to you to be a producer or leader of a project made of volunteer help? Because let's face it, 
you're not going to be able to afford to pay your actors for the most part or yeah. your, your crew even more so. So what does it, what does that mean to you as a leader? Like that when you know that you have this volunteer help, what do you I think it do? means a lot. It means that you have trust in people, you know, and like, it, I think it's also super stressful because if these people are giving you all this time and their life basically, because I mean, a lot of these people didn't have time to have their own life at the time when we were working on the movie. And but it's also super stressful because if you mess that up, you lose that trust, you lose that dedication, you lose that time and you lose that help. Yeah. And then, you know, what do you have after that? Like, I mean, you could find someone, but someone might be more, I don't know who you are. Either you pay me or I'm not going to do this. You have people who actually love and trust you to help you enough to give up their life for you guys. Okay. Steven, do you have anything to add to that? Um, yeah. I mean, it, it definitely means the obvious, you know, that you should be extremely grateful and you should always treat them with respect and realize that they hold all the cards you know you can't call yeah. their bluff on anything because if they walk away which they easily easily can do there's nothing you can do and you're you're done yeah mm-hmm. but at on the same side you know you also have to understand that you shouldn't waste anyone's time yeah and at the end of it you should make sure that you have a movie that everyone's going to be proud of so that also includes maybe pushing them a little harder than you should necessarily sometimes yeah oh yeah you know like even though they're volunteers you Mm -hmm. still need them there to work and to do their job and sometimes you have to push them a little hard well that's that's just like a more like a matter of respect right like like you're you're pushing them because you're also pushing yourself and that you are expecting the same level of commitment out of them as they are for you. Because to me, the, what it means to be like the leader or the producer or whatever title you want to say it is you're the you're the flagship of the project in a lot of ways. So yeah. you need to be the one pushing the optimism and like the esprit de corps. Like you need to be the one that's like, hey, let's do this. It's going to be great if we all just stick together and do it. Because I feel like the biggest issue, and this is something that we run into a lot, is a lot of people just stop thinking it's they're part of the project because they're like oh we're making your and steven's movie i'm like no this is definitely just as much your movie as it is ours like yes we we are you know we're we're helming this but trust me without you there is no movie like so we need you like it's just as much as your project you're collaborating that's the hardest part of it well i just think like most of the time it's like okay in most of your life these people are just your friends or your equals or whatever and then when it gets to this, you become a little bit above them. You got to tell them what to do. You got They have to ask you for permission because it's, I mean, it is our movie, but it is most, it, it, it does lead up to you guys to like, what do you want from us? So I think when it comes to that point, it's like, okay, we've been friends for how long? And then we've been equals for how long? And then when this project comes along, you get frustrated and you're we've like, we've never been equals. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> 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 what but wait. like but yeah it comes to that point because like i mean um luis our only listener <laughs> like okay let, when i did stage management management for um some of the theater things we've done when i'm like oh luis can you do this this and this and then tell this person to get this this and this he would sometimes get frustrated with me he was all like he you know people aren't used to being told what to do by you you know we're not usually like hey, Luis, go get us our drinks 
or something or like do this a specific way because then like it becomes like an issue and that's why I think it's so hard to work with friends or family because they're just like why are you telling me what to do that's not you know your position in my life it's like yeah but right now we're working on a project it's different yeah and I think that's coming kind of something hard isn't that more on them no, they but it's also stick it, out of their ass. Yeah, but it's it's something that we've just it's just something like if I start telling you what to do, I mean, you don't necessarily if you're in a position that that you are allowed to tell me what to do. Yeah, but like, let's say you're not used to that, you know, like if I told nah, you like, hey, Tom, I need you to get this, this and that and I need you to get this done by yeah. this time. I'm pretty sure there's there's going to be something in your head and be like, why are you being so bossy? But at the same time, it's like you have to be able to let those things mix. Okay. You know, and like let yourself be like, okay, he is the director to this project. So that does mean I have to listen to this person. And I think that's just kind of what makes people like. So, Margarita, let me ask you this. Okay. In our production, Tom and I were writer, director, producers of the film. Uh Uh-huh. And you were the assistant director. Mm Mm-hmm. So with how much we told everyone that this wasn't just our project, it was everyone's project, uh, did that ever resonate in you? Did it ever like, did you ever feel like, oh well, yeah, the thing this is, is our project or did you just feel like it was only mine and Tom's? No, I don't think it was just only yours, your project, but I also knew that it wasn't, I don't know how to word this, but I know it wasn't our, our project. Like, at the end, you guys had control. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something people did have to realize. And a lot of people actually got frustrated because you guys were like, this is your project as well. And they'd be like, okay, what color do you want the walls? And like, just, it, it's your room. Paint the walls the color you feel fit. And, like, that's, I mean, I get how you guys Wait, saw that. You're contradicting yourself. What do you mean? So... Wait, just go ahead and continue. No, how am I contradicting myself? Because once you so when you so someone comes up and asks us, "What color do you want to paint the walls?" and we're like, "You can go ahead and pick." Isn't that the opposite of what you were saying? Of what? That we were like, it has to be this way. No, I'm saying that if you if if, if there was a hypothetical like like that's how people would react. They're like, "Why are they telling me to do something when they're not supposed to?" Like in their mindset, that's how they were. I'm not saying you guys were like that. A lot of the time, you guys were more... um, I know a lot of the time, you guys were more like, oh, you know, you're designing the room. How do you see it? But in reality... That's why we we picked people. Yeah, but in reality, like, that's not how movies really go. Like, you need to know what... But how do they know? They're not professional. That's why we're asking you guys. We're not professionals. How do you guys want your movie? Yeah, okay. And a lot of the time you guys were like, it's your room. You design it. I'm okay with whatever. I'm like, but it's not necessarily our room. It's your script, your movie. We're helping you guys on our movie. But at the end, it leads up to you guys to make the yeah, but basically I, I think final it's also decisions, I think. As a leader to be able to uh, delegate some of that authority to like your art director, your blah, 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 like anything. It's like, because if I have to be like, I want the walls to be blue, I want him to have this, this, and this, and then it's like, well, I'm just doing well, that job, I'm why not, are you here? I'm not saying that you guys choose the color, but it's just kind of like, is this okay? Well, well You guys thing, like this the color. Thing, the thing I see about it is that it was also kind of trying to encourage 
you guys to have your input and you pick. And then when we go and we like kind of have that production meeting yeah, and like, hey, do you like this? We'll be like, oh, you know what? Change um, it. Let's change that to this and let's keep that. That's a really good idea. And then, you know, it's like, exactly. it's your thing, but we're just kind of perfecting it to what you guys to our envision. Vision. Yeah. 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 And I think that's why some of the times we were like, yeah, just go with what you want. Because we knew later on we were going to get together and we're going to be like, oh, no, we need to change this, this, this. But like when well, you say me, we got together, we never really. Well, my problem was, is we were never together. <laughs> a lot. Of, uh, I mean, this is just come from personal experiences. A lot of people were were coming up to us and asking us what we wanted, but they had no idea what the hell we were even talking about or they didn't read the scripts. Oh, that was that's exactly a big, that what was we kind wanted. Of, I think a big problem. Like that, and we'll get well, into that. Well, did you read that script? Can you blame them? <laughs> yeah, it's, it was kind of it was one of those things. Like, did you read the script? They're all like, kind no. of. I'm like, you're supposed to study. Like, that's one of the biggest things I think. It's like you're supposed to study the script. Yeah, you need to study. Yeah, it. you do need it. You need to yeah. know the material you're working with. I mean, yeah. I mean, we went through all Obviously, this right? effort of doing a script breakdown so you wouldn't have to read everything. And yet, still, we were getting constantly questioned stuff that. Well, I take I take breakdowns as in like um, what are those cliff notes on the internet? Like you're not uh-huh. gonna actually know the story. You're just gonna know little bits. Well, like yeah. if you want like this description and how it's supposed to feel and how this person you're feeling, gonna know what you need to know. Yeah, yeah but exactly. if you want to know, know. What yeah, you we're need doing to the know. breakdown, so yeah. we are literally highlighting to you. Yeah. Just what? reference. Yeah. Are you what? in this? No? Okay, I won't worry. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so it's like, do I need to know anything about this scene? Is your department highlighted in anything in there? No. Then shut the fuck up. Move on. So, moving on. Okay. Often when gathering people to help you, when you're gathering from a pool of friends or, or uh, some strangers you may not know, you don't get professional or even capable people. What are some steps to help those people not suck ass? I said Google because I Google okay. everything. I'm just like, <gasps> I don't know how to do this. So I'll be so like, like encourage them to kind of like do research. some tutorials, research. Yeah, research, research, research. I think that's like the biggest thing. It's like, okay, you might not know how to do this, but like I'm just as new as you are. I don't know how to explain it to you. We can both Google it together. We could study, but like most of it's just like if you're a new. Initiative. Yeah, you, like just start googling i mean like i i do it all the time at work or like when i was in theater i've been like what the hell did she just say i'll take my phone out we all have phones now just google it real quick and be like okay i get it i guess you get honestly that's like pretty much my whole thing about that that segment too is like most people volunteered for their job at least uh, i i feel um some people we some people we asked in particular so if I guess if we asked you to be like AD or if we asked you to be lighting or something, no. you should probably watch some tutorials and practice with the equipment, things like that. When I was AD, I I try to research. It's like you have to do this, this, and that. And I'm just like, okay, Steven's doing the scheduling. You're you're doing this. You're doing that. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? I was so confused. No, um, what you were supposed to do. Well, one thing you could have done was just know the uh, timetable. And know who would be needed and which scene coming. Oh, okay, up. and so that, that was that's another um, that you know, uh, another thing that did happen because like in the beginning I was asking you guys I'm like oh we have to 
get this scene done soon because this thing's coming up. Well, not necessarily. I mean, definitely letting us know of time because that's no, extremely I, important. I, but yeah. also just knowing that, okay, this scene is next. So regardless of when they finish, if it's on time or not, this needs to be ready to go. Yeah, and that's what I would, you know, in the beginning. I mean, we we're all learning, so it's fine if you guys, you know, like, we're like, we know. Because I, I would go into the room and you guys were like, kind of taking a break on but like hey you guys this scene's next we need to get there next if you want to stay on schedule and most of the times <laughs> i mean i know you guys are frustrated like making a movie is so frustrating like at one point i was like <laughs> man if these guys aren't my friends i wouldn't be here right now you know like well thank you margarita but, yeah by the way, but like you. a lot of the times just like i would tell you guys in the beginning i'm like oh this scene's next you know you guys would be like we know that we see the schedule and I'm like, okay. And I would do it kind of not constantly, but I would do it. And then I'd be like, I kind of just give up at that point. I'm like, you guys are doing it on your own, doing the scheduling on your own. So I'm just going to see what other people need. And that's why I kind of felt like I didn't, I didn't do AD properly. And then when I saw Sean doing it, he was like, you need to do this. You need to do that. And I was like, okay, I see him doing it, but like nothing's happening because we're still working on this one scene this person's getting ready but he has to stay in his costume or whatever for like three hours after what we did and like it's just it was just like a timing thing and then after that i was just like i'm not gonna trouble them because we're all learning and you guys are still learning how to manage the time and by the end you guys were actually pretty good Bruh, we ain't learning we're pros all right <laughs> no <laughs> we're th- masters this is okay? a learning thing this would be you yeah. should you should okay. yeah it was just one of those things all right so we're kind of we're back yep hello everyone welcome back welcome back to twin shops podcast number three um so steven <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> this is something that came up for us personally yeah and this is something i, I really still don't really know how to deal with too well i'm gonna see if you have a better take on this is uh how to handle someone not showing up or living up to the potential of the project. Well, I mean, I think you definitely want to try to reach out to them and just get them back on board, right? Corral them to be yeah a part of the project. So open communication. Yeah. Call them in. Tell like explain what you're what's going on. Yeah, definitely. But you know, unfortunately, in a amateur small budget production, you probably won't have that luxury of um. I have no idea what I was gonna say. I know, but I had a teacher actually asked me the same question you guys are asking yourselves. What would you ask? Answer. Okay, go ahead. Oh, okay. I thought Simon still wanted to go. No, she because um, me and Luis again, our only listener. <laughs> he uh, we yeah, it's not funny anymore. Huh? <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! <laughs> Holy shit! I'm kidding. No, I don't want to say it anymore. You guys forget you guys. Don't say you guys. I'm innocent. Steven's innocent. I said it. So, Margarita, you were saying. Okay. So, um, she came up to me and Luis this one time because we were in a club together. And she noticed that we were like the main two that kind of stayed and we worked on the projects and we didn't ask her anything in return. We weren't that like big in the club. We just went to every single event. We, you know, we, we worked on it like all you the time. You weren't big into the club. You just went to every single event and worked it's, on it. All it's the like time? we weren't like, you know, we were members, but we weren't like president or treasurer or something. Right, you, you weren't know? important. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she came yeah, up to us this one words. time, <laughs> and she was all like, "Why do you guys stay in the club? Like, what motivates you? Because I want to know." So because um, you guys were like too afraid to quit. 
No. <laughs> but like she asked us. You're too afraid to speak up for yourself. <laughs> so you just keep That's going. probably literally the reason. <laughs> well, she was she was asking and she was all like, why? Like, why do you guys stay? Like, what motivates you guys? Why do you guys work so hard when like nothing's really given in return? You know, I mean, like at that point, because after we left, they she started they started giving out like points for like when if you gather enough points, you get a free ticket to go to a show somewhere. Like, oh wow! Yeah, but that was after we left, so we were never offered anything. So she asked us, and we were just like, Wait, "We you don't left know." The club? Yeah, I left the club. Yeah, after Rocky Horror, um, me and Luis. I feel like there's a lot of miscontext here. What do you mean? <laughs> so wait, you guys were in the club. You worked really hard. She asked you guys why you worked really hard for no reason. Then you left. Okay, but like <laughs> <laughs> we left because and when you left, she said, "Here's some free tickets." Yeah, you ask me questions. <laughs> we left because it was already time for us to get out of the college. But, anyways, so she asked us this question, and I really didn't. I was just like, I don't know. We just stay because we stay. But then, I think it's so. What, wait, you, you didn't even stay because you like were passionate about it or <laughs> wanted to learn. You just stayed because you literally just. <laughs> Cause I so wasn't. Like I basically said they were. They just didn't speak up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't necessarily passionate about it. I mean, like it was fun, but like it, we didn't really have any motivation to stay there. And then, but you stayed. But we stayed because it was. Yeah, well, that's why it was one of those things. It's like I didn't want to fail someone. Oh. You know, and I think you have to have that mindset. You don't want to like, you know, if you're working a team. And if you don't do something, you don't want to fail the team. You don't want to fail the team. So that's I think that was one of the main things that me and we did. I mean, I would stay there like for, I don't know, freaking hours working on a set, painting it, you know, and like I'm like, I'm not getting paid for this. You know, I'm not really making any new friends out of this. I've known these people for a long time, but also at the same time, I don't want to be a disappointment. And I think that's something that maybe during like this kind of time where you're not paying them or you're all like why why are you giving us this dedication it's like i've known you for so long i don't want to disappoint you and i don't want you one day if you have a project with me to disappoint me oh so you're doing it for yourself no uh, but i'm saying it's kind of <laughs> no, like a team no. thing at least i had an answer <laughs> Just kidding. hey you're over there flying yeah i am <laughs> i'm trying to give I know. I really appreciate your participation in this discussion. Is it annoying when I sound like that? Talk like that. (laughs) Yeah, especially when you make me feel invalid. Mind hunters, right there. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like I have to string big words together so people know I'm not retarded. (laughs) You sound like a broken like car. You're like. like, No, but Margaret, I really do appreciate you uh, sharing that. Thanks. Thank you. Tom. What the f- I appreciate who talks like that. <laughs> I do. No one talks like that. I talk like that. I'm a person. That's why I was asking if it was annoying. What about your guys' things? Like, how do you motivate someone? No one's asked me any questions. So far. I'm asking you right now. <laughs> I've literally just been asking questions. Well, for me, it's it's hard to motivate anyone to stay with you, especially if you don't have money. Honestly, I just say fuck them because I hate people. And so I mean, and I, I, I mean, I, it, it's hard for me to even like put on shoes in the morning. That's depression. so like if I'm gonna like, 
reach out to someone that doesn't give a shit anymore. I don't know if I have the energy or effort to do that. So how do you think you kept the It just kind of breaks my cruise. heart, and then I hate the, that person for the rest of my life. Okay, but how do you think you kept, <laughs> how do you kept, how, how do you feel, like, how do you think you kept the crews that you've worked with? How do you think they've stayed with you for this motivator. long? I'm just a motivator. You just said you don't care if you motivated them. I hate both of you. I'm not drunk enough for this. What the fucking drink? I'm trying, okay. Drink, damn it. <laughs> I think something's in your top now. <laughs> I'm a natural born leader, okay? It's just a state of fact. So you think it's just how you are as a person that people stick with you? Uh, sure. <laughs> I honestly don't know. If I knew, I mean, maybe I would. I could be the next Yeah, Hitler. you actually do have, like, a lot of people who stick with you for a, a long time. Do you realize that? Because I'm like, Jesus, dude. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what about you, Steven? <laughs> I, people become very loyal to me because I give myself to everybody and I really like you guys, so. Oh, What about Not you, you Steven? <laughs> what? How do you get people to stick with you? How do you motivate them to keep going with your ideas and stuff without actually, like, how most people stay with money? How do you Fucking keep them? Fucking dick's pretty good. Yeah, but you guys don't do that. Well, as far as I know, I mean, I I guess it's really trust and faith. Yeah. You have to know who you can really trust to be there for you when you need and then get people who, yeah, and people like, uh you know, all down the line and then just have faith that they all will stick with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It's kind of just the people around you. And that's the thing about films, you know, films aren't just a singular thing they're a collaboration you know they can't exist without anyone else yeah it's true it's damn true so be nice to people damn right sister that was all right (laughs) so what is everyone's perspective on what it means to collaborate and complete a film steven do you want to start us off buddy well as much credit as the above the line people get it really is a collaboration like i was absolutely. saying absolutely and it can't be done without everyone and you know that's every single person from the extras to the pas so you know, you know that's how i really see a film you know it's just a collection of of literally everything yeah oh that yeah. makes sense <laughs> it's like almost there's like almost like a poetic response that you can you know right there like did that did that it's did like that a, not make any sense yeah it's like <laughs> It's like a collection of of everyone's oh, art is yeah, combined to join in this one. That's true. Beautiful piece. Yeah. Even if even if you made Sharknado Nine, like it I took a lot of people to make Sharknado. And if you were all in it together, you know, you all felt it. Yeah. Everyone, well, I mean, a lot of the time, everyone contributes a bit of themselves to the yeah. project. I think you guys did a good job on choosing who to do what. I mean, mm-hmm. let's say for um the jog. Mm-hmm. at night yeah you know you chose um me for the cooking because i'm like i want to do that like or in set design because i'm like that's what i want to do yeah. but that was my choice and then you chose like alex because he really likes photography you chose john reed because you know he knows how to direct and see what he sees in photography you guys chose strengths <laughs> and this and this, I hate you both. Did you just say John Reed's a director? No, I said uh, for, <laughs> for, for the photography. You like John Reed because he directs. 
Well, you guys chose the right people for the right job, and they have uh, passion and motivation for that certain area. You know, you're not going to choose someone like... Oh, no. Like, I don't know, like just Uh-oh. some random person. Names are going to get named. No, I said some random person that wants to do... They're all like, yeah, random I don't mind if I if I do photography, met. you know, DP or something. Or just like, cool. DP. And later on, they're just going to be like, I don't I don't know what you want me to do with this. It's like, oh, damn. Like, I thought you wanted to do this. I'm like, yeah, I thought, but now yeah, I don't. You, you chose people who porn? know what <laughs> they want like to it. do. Like, they, they have some kind of motivation behind it. I think that's what you guys, I think you guys chose well in that. And you're Thank lucky you have a Steven group of friends chose. that are artsy-fartsy. I didn't do anything. I just jerked off a lot. <laughs> Can I have your job next time, Dad? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait. In this uh, social climate, can't jerk off on set anymore. I know, dude. Like, what the fuck? Took away my last free favorite just privilege. Just go to the bathroom. Well, yeah, you're still, like, around, though. Yeah. Yeah, but you're not going to be like, If you get caught jerking off in the bathroom, you get George Michael, man. George Michael. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep, there's our discussion <laughs> on somewhat on cruise. Yeah, and, it was stupid. I'm just uh, you guys, so for like gathering the crew, do you yeah. guys like uh, pull from friends, yeah, family, stuff like that? Like Whatever everyone that you have. can, everyone you can get a hold of. Yeah. Well, you definitely want to go with the people that you can trust, that you know deep down, all honesty. Not letting, you know, anything get into it. Just being yeah. realistic. Who you can trust. And then, you know, you go to strangers if you can, because they're a little easier to work with. And then, you know, friends and family. And hopefully get the best. So are you, you saying can. you'd rather work with strangers than friends and family? Yeah, I definitely think it's easier to work with strangers than people you know. Because there's like a, a, like a, bar- like a layer there. There, there's a level uh well I, yeah like a barrier you know whereas like a friend or family they're close to you so they feel like they can well you know fuck around or fuck around uh not listen to you talk back to you all the time whereas a stranger will just kind of go with the hierarchy you know okay yeah. well with you guys working with you know friends family Plus they and don't know strangers your... how do you think that worked out for you guys Working with the friends and family? Yeah, yeah, and strangers. I mean, you had strangers as the actors. You it, know? Went, it went well when we chose well. But, it was so rough. But there were also people we knew it would be rough with, and it was extremely rough. And then there was a few surprises, you know, where it was... Yeah, uh, that one time the test came back positive. So what felt easier, like working with friends and family or the strangers? Strangers. Yeah? Why? I th- well, one, because there's no level of uh, expectation there already mm-hmm. because you don't know enough about them. Yeah. And so there gives you a chance to be like wowed by them mm-hmm. or their knowledge. Like your friends and family, are, for the most part, are probably stupid as fuck. So <laughs> uh, I don't know how much <laughs> help you're going to get there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm pretty fucked up right now. Oh man, me too, brother. Yeah, I'm feeling like crossfaded as shit. So it's her homework. Like I am literally in Gumby land. So it's gonna be your script next week that we will yes. read. All right, I like that homework. I might change it a little oh. bit. Go ahead. I have to make it a little longer if we're yeah. gonna only do one. Cause look, it it's just one page. 
Okay. I didn't know we... Um... Wait, wasn't it only supposed to be one page? And Tom had to show off and do two pages? You motherfucker. You didn't even write one, so you really showed off. <laughs> yeah, it says one page, yeah. <laughs> oh, he turned it right around instantly. <laughs> I had no time to protect myself. That's, why the, that's what they call me. Fat, witty guy. <laughs> Is that what they call you? No, no one's ever called it anything Witty. except <laughs> <laughs> fat weirdy guy gross disgusting fuck pig man butt fucker dumbass i would shithead that sounds more appropriate that sounds familiar buck tooth piece of shit cocksucker hate now you're being offensive to some people okay i love cocksuckers honestly they're my favorite people in the world Thank right, you. I'm just kidding. That's why I just said thank you. Wait, so are we all done with cast and crew? Uh, well, those are all the questions that we had. Yeah, did you have anything you wanted to bring up about regarding crews? No. Well, then you were done. If you can. <laughs> all. all right. So to to bring it all up, the next episode will be about writing and good habits for finishing a script. That's fun. Uh, so anyone have anything else they want to finish off with? Margaret, do you want to? We should end with our. Exit song. I don't know what that's called. Intro. Outro. Outro song. There we go. All right. Uh, 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 when you're all alone and you're waiting for a friend, close oh, your eyes and a twin shadow comes <laughs> in your butt. <laughs> the end. <laughs>